In adventure games, playing detective means putting your magnifying glass to every single object in the game. Oh, if only it were that simple. Exploration and its role in puzzle solving, tonight on the Commune Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Commune Podcast. Today we will be discussing the Superhero League of Hoboken. Uh, but b- before we get into all that, I wanted to ask, Fox, how have you been doing? Pretty good. A little cold. I think my heater's broken. Ugh. Need <laughs> your heater. Yeah. yeah. I'll get by though. I'm currently wearing a uh, fleece blanket as a cape in lieu of using my heater. Uh, That's custom appropriate. I, exactly. Thank you. Just getting into the mood. Adrian, how have you been doing? I'm doing very good. Alright. What games have you been playing lately? I just started Ranger X today. Oh. Yep. What do you think? It actually, one, it reminds me a lot of Bangayo, because, you know, you're a robot shooting. You kind of have an infinite jump, so it's not quite a side-scroller, but not quite, you know, top-down either, but... Uh, it's actually a lot more limited than in Bangayo, where you can just do it as long as you want. There you have a sort of a meter that kind of keeps you from being in the air all the time. And you also got this cool bike thing. But um the other reason why it reminds me of Bangayo is because you can shoot. Uh, you can, like, strafe and shoot at the same time, which, you know, for older games, you don't see that a lot. Oftentimes, moving and aiming are one and the same. It was rare you could see a game where you can run in one direction and shoot in the complete opposite directions. So, yeah. Bangayo, yeah, Bangayo is the only other game I know of that does that. So Something I liked about uh, Contra Rebirth was that uh, if you hold the button, your position is locked, your, like, aiming is locked, and if you tap the button, then you just, it's free aim. Oh, yeah, that's right. I Actually, I don't know if Contra 3 does it. I think it does. I would assume it does. I forget, to be honest. Yeah, I know Hardcore Uprising does it for sure. It allows you to strafe and shoot at the same time. Okay. But of course, you don't have, um, you can't fly around in those games. Alright, glad you're enjoying Ranger X so far. Yeah. Uh, Fox, what have you been playing? I've been playing a city builder for PC called Banished. Oh, so what's the premise? It's sort of... Like, you're a group of peasants that was banished from some home country, and you're forced to make a living on your own. You start up with five families, which is like 15 people, and you just try to build as big as you can. There aren't aren't really explicit goals besides living and just keep going. It's pretty endless. So I've been taking the achievements that come with it as a goal to know when I finish the game. It's it's a lot more, I guess, personal than a lot of other city builders I've played, where... You you build the building, it's 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 there, or you you buy stuff and it's there. It's it's one of those where you have to command people to do things, and people kind of matter, so that when they start dying, it it means a lot more than when like a, a disaster comes through in SimCity. Yeah, in SimCity, humans are just kind of this abstract number, but here you actually have to manage the performance of each individual each individual. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, is this like a survival game? In a sense, the, I think the biggest part of the challenge is probably keeping them alive for the first decade. Okay. Easy for them to starve. Sounds pretty good. It gets easier after that. Yeah. Well, once you gain momentum, it gets easier. Uh, 
That's it's true of a lot of things. Yeah. I don't know. After that point, it doesn't feel like banished. Right. I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of expecting a, a major disaster to come by and ruin things, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> oh, ever the optimist. <laughs> Personally, I've been playing Superstar Soldier. I've been working for the past year on getting one credit clears in all of the Turbo Star Soldier games. And so what I would do is play some Soldier Blade, and when I got tired of that, I would go to play Superstar Soldier. And then I would play some Final Soldier, and when I got tired of that, go play some Superstar Soldier. And so I finished the games that I like, and I'm stuck with Superstar Soldier now. Which you don't like? No, I like it, just not as much as the other two. I find um, it's not as easy to recover from a failure in Superstar Soldier, so it's a little more frustrating. Oh. But it's still, like, uh, a lot easier in that regard than most shooters. You get a couple of hits before you die. Right. And um, if you collect a bomb, then you have uh, instant start back without having to restart the stage. Why the focus on Star Soldier? Uh, you know... When Super Star Soldier came out on Virtual Console back in, it must have been 2007, I really got into it. And I've never been able to get into any other space shooter. And then last year, I discovered Soldier Blade, uh, which is kind of one of the best games ever. <laughs> so I decided to take the Star Soldier series a little more seriously. He became a fan. Yeah, I guess then- you could say that. Had to play every single game in the series, and then one credit clear them. That's about how it goes. It's his obligation. I, I did that with uh, with stuff like Bubsy, and then Metroid, and other games. <sighs> okay, well, forget Bubsy, but I am almost done with that for Metroid, where I played every <laughs> single game. I am missing two, three, three Metroid games. When we encounter a puzzle, we collect clues and stockpile bits of knowledge. Sometimes, we can sift through what's relevant and what's not. Or maybe more like never. Tonight, we've got two discussions on puzzle construction in Superhero League of Hoboken. In the first, we consider that stockpiling process. In Superhero League of Hoboken, you've got a lot of ground to cover, so hoarding up the proper amount of knowledge means... Exploration. time I wanted to get at exploration in Superhero League of Hoboken. In specific, I uh, <laughs> I had trouble just knowing where to explore and uh, knowing <laughs> when to go where. Um, yeah. I feel like the game is pretty weird about how it opens up places for you to explore. So with that in mind, Fox, what are some ways that the Superhero League of Hoboken can discourage you from exploring a place? Making it so I don't know it exists. I mean, I'd, I'd say the high da- the dangerometer would normally be something to keep you away, but I, yeah, I guess it was if it was higher than my current level, a lot higher than I was expecting, I, I'd leave it behind. Or if there was an area with a lot of radioactive waste, I'd probably leave it behind until I could get around it. Okay. Environmental hazards, definitely. So those are like the the RPG elements coming to bear on exploration. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what's a way that it can get you to it, that it can encourage you to explore someplace? Mentioning it in the mission log, finding an item that'll mention another area. I, I can I can think of one instance of that, and that's the uh, the pamphlet 
in the Empire State Building elevator that mentions Niagara Falls. Wow, I did not catch that ever. There's a pamphlet in there? You need the key to get in the elevator, right? You can open it. Yeah. But you can't use it. You can open it? I think so. But the, no, uh, the command that's... says you can't, says like you don't understand oh. elevator doors. Does I, I remember, there's... Is the button you press? Yeah, there is a button. It's a really friggin' small button, I might add. Uh, <laughs> it took me a while to ever realize it was there, because you can imagine when I have the elevator key, and I'm trying to open the damn elevator, it's like, why isn't it opening? And then, yeah, it turns out there's a button. So yeah, that was one. I don't think they ever did that anywhere no. else. <laughs> no. That was a kind of a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> they did do a lot of uh, putting the place in the mission logs, but they were oftentimes, especially in the later chapters, be some secondary place uh, that you had to go before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, tube passes are, are a good incentive to go, incentive to go exploring places. Oh, yeah, but, you know, hope to God you wrote down where the white tube car is. Yeah. Yeah, there are, there are problems set of their own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How can Superhero League of Hoboken encourage you to keep a notebook? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, what was something that Superhero League of Hoboken did to discourage you from exploring a, well, a particular I, location? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing as Fox. Whenever the dangerometer was pretty high, like I kept a close eye on it around chapters 3 and 4. It was around the middle of 4 when I realized that I could handle even the those sewers, and I would just clear out every area. But otherwise, yeah, that it was a good way of keeping me from exploring. The only thing that just made me a little queasy was sometimes I didn't... I was afraid it would do a thing where it would put it in those super dangerous areas and it would expect you to sort of, like, go through them as fast as you can, go through as few combat, as little as possible, and then you'll find something relevant to the, the missions. I don't think it did that, though. No, I don't think it ever, like, asks you to fight above your level. Yeah, so thank God for that. Interestingly enough, I didn't... I never, I didn't find the dangerometer until like mission three. I just didn't clear out the uh, the storage locker. Oh, that was the very first thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, that's... I, I intentionally left stuff in there because I didn't know if my inventory had a limit. Uh, impressive. That's another weird thing too. Wait, so you can maybe you can avoid it blowing up? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So, Adrian, how did the game encourage you to explore a place? Well, because I knew. Uh, from the first chapter that they would hide things in like pawnbroker shops. Uh, that did encourage me to explore and especially after chapter two when I learned that, um, you needed the treading water power. Uh, even more so I, that encouraged me to explore everything. Sadly though, that didn't always work because I would try to find everything before I ever needed it because in the first three chapters, uh, that paid off. Like All I right. found the, the lead line Johns and then I complete mission uh, what's it called? Is it Mission Frostbite? I think, yeah, Mission Frostbite. I completed that one, like, by total accident. I just bought the Leadline Johns at a pawn broker shop. It's like, well, this is probably important because the pawn broker has it. Uh, yeah, I need to edit in a, uh, a round of applause for you remembering that mission name. <laughs> oh, no, I have it. I'm looking in the VG thought form right in front oh, of me. Oh. <laughs> There's no way I can remember these. Okay. There's, like, 25, 30 different mission names. I'm not going to remember them. But yeah, but the thing is that that didn't always work. And it was in the later chapters when they would be uh, jerks about it. Because I would do like completely explore the area, try to get everything I can. 
and get the exploration bonus. So if you clear out all the, you know, the squares in the sector, you know, you get 1,000 experience points or whatever for exploration. And yeah, it was later chapters where it turns out they were putting stuff back into the areas that I had already been to with new stuff in them. And it wasn't pleasing to find out that uh, the game pulled a dick move on me. It pulled a fast one. Yes. In particular, they do that with the 30,000 pounds of bananas in Scranton. They do that with um, uh, the Atlantic King City. Midas. King yeah. Midas. Oh, my God. Yeah. What, what the hell were you supposed to do to figure that out? Well, my at pop- least, you know, in, to be fair, you go there and then I think it's some Ben Franklin monument in Philadelphia. And it's like, oh, there's nothing interesting here. So you at least know that something's going to be there eventually. But, like, the 30,000 pounds of bananas thing in Scranton is totally random. Yeah. Um, um, that just appears in Chapter 6, and there's no marker beforehand that it will ever be there. Yeah. Um, King Midas, I actually found an accident. Uh, I was actually referring to what his superpower was. Oh. Turning oh. things into mufflers. What the fuck? It's kind of, yeah, it's like a pun. Um, uh, I've... <laughs> I had to ask Fox about that. He He explained uh, the pun to me. <laughs> Uh, that's why it's not a good idea. The Midas, the what does the Midas touch have to do with the mo- You have to explain it to me right now. There's a chain of, of auto repair stores called Midas. What? So Midas touch turns stuff into car parts. I don't know about real car places. I yeah. just got my license. <laughs> I've never done car maintenance in my life. Not yet. Okay. The, the, so, yeah. the, the slogan was "Trust the Midas Touch." So, are they do we, are they even still around? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, Steve that's, it, that's like imagine having a game where the the pun was on Blockbuster. Wait, Blockbuster <laughs> doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so yeah. Oh yeah, there was one in Atlantic City. I think it was Chapter Five, where they stuck a newspaper thing. Yeah. A Spencer and newspaper. Yeah, that. Ah, fuck that one. Because. I explored that whole area, and then <laughs> I go back there, and I know I had to look it up. I had to look it up and see you there. It's like, what? Atlantic City? I explored the whole area. I go back, it's like, yes, I did explore the whole area. So I'm like, well, where is it? And then I meticulously go through every single thing, you know, left, up, right, up, left, up, right, up, and then I find the one thing that's like, oh, there's a thing here, and then you get the thing, and it's like, what? I don't even know why that solves the puzzle, by the way. You put another newspaper in the newspaper, and it does a thing. Oh, uh, because people remember. don't get the news about the Elvis stain. So yeah, that was another jerk one. Alright, so sometimes how I treated exploration was uh, developed over the course of chapters in a way that encouraged uh, <laughs> re-exploring previously explored areas. Yeah. And you also mentioned that you bought isotopes from the pawnbrokers, which alludes to an explicit way that they get you not to explore areas, uh, by which I mean you can't explore certain watery areas. Like, rather than being discouraged or encouraged, you're simply not able to go into the watery areas. Um, There is also the forests and the mountainous terrain that they explicitly tell you when you can go there. Yeah, for the most part, you don't actually have to explore the hilly terrain, except for one instance in the game where you actually do need to. That's the... I forget what his name is. It's the wise man of something-something. 
Yeah, I can't remember the, these area names either. They're like Newark, New Haven, Philadelphia. And that's another thing about the design of the map in this game is that I find areas hard to remember. So when one of them's like, oh, it's in Pittsburgh, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Have I been there already? I don't remember. Yeah, I would. So I get a notebook. Yeah. And that's another thing, too. It's like sometimes the areas, you know how they're named like Sector 2D and 3D? Those also had names. Yeah. So when it's like going to the subway that's in like 1D, but it's like it actually had an actual name there. It's like, I don't remember the name. I don't even know it. It's not even on the screen. It just says like <laughs> 1D. So when it's like, oh, this will take you to Manhattan or New York, it's like, what? So, yeah, that was weird. I think it was like New Brunswick, that one. Yeah, there is a lot in the, uh, I guess in the UI, you would call it, that could be improved. So yeah, don't you don't have to do Castlevania two style like what the fuck town I'm at. <laughs> uh, I'm never gonna play that. Fox, I wanted to ask, did you ever get stuck trying to find something in Superhero League of Hoboken? Constantly. <laughs> what is the most interesting thing that you got stuck on? The red tube pass for one. Oh, is that the one that spawns from the enemies? Yeah. It, where does it take you? It's I don't even, I don't even remember. Uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> I think it's Philadelphia. It takes you. Yeah. I believe so. So what was what was your issue there? Just that I assumed the uh, the solution was that it would spawn, and it, it, I mean that that is the solution to finding the red tube pass. But there's also a solution to getting there through a combination of other tube passes. So when the enemies wouldn't spawn, and and, and they didn't for me twice, uh, then they wouldn't the atom wouldn't spawn for me after killing enemies, and after getting sea powers and traveling the world, reading every sector of random. <laughs> And still having it not appear. So, uh, it sounds like you didn't have any clues for getting that tube pass. Yeah. How did you even, I guess you just had to look it up to know that you would get it from a battle? Yeah. You, you guys had mentioned it in the forums, and every walkthrough mentioned you get it in the random, but they never mentioned there are other ways around it. So, was that often a problem with the game for you, that, like, uh, you just didn't have the clues to find what you needed? Yeah, for for I mean for anything else I got stuck on it was, I felt like I was missing I was like one hint too too short to finding the answer like, <laughs> like uh, specifically the laughing gas puzzle is it nitro oh, the NO two puzzle that was the... that's right so what was the uh, the main issue there you know actually I didn't even know I had to, I had to open it I knew I had it I guess I didn't realize there were canisters inside of it so I was trying to use it on the lion but it wouldn't work for me. I think I, I ended up looking it up because I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. What kind of hints do you get regarding that puzzle? Uh, none. You just, you just supposed to know to take it to a doctor. It yep. it says you don't have the tools, but um, the problem is even if you, well, one that's not a very good clue because you think, well, maybe I find N2O tools. It's like no, it's the the train of logic. I think they were expecting you to go on is oh well the what is it the shaman. Yeah. He must have tools, but of course, one, he's called a shaman, not a doctor. I mean, I know he says he has a little black bag, but uh, you're thinking he's doing like incantations or some weird junk or whatever weird potion junk, not tools that allows him to work with nitrogen? It's no, also nitrogen. only the Yonkers shaman. That okay. was the worst part, too, because I, I remember I, I had to look it up, too. I went to your thing. I looked it up. I was like, okay, shaman. I took it to a shaman. It's like... He's not in the receiving room. It's like, what the fuck? And then I had to go back. <laughs> uh, I went to all the other sh- 
no, no, I didn't go to all the shamans. I'm like, I had to go back, look it again. It's like, oh, it's this guy. And he's like, oh, you found my N2. Okay, it's like, what? When did he say that? <laughs> so, yeah, it's not only you have to know to take it to someone, you have to know to take it to a particular someone in a particular yeah. town. Oh, terrible. Not the, not the most well-designed machine in the game. So, in that case, you were just lacking any direction as to where to go next. Right. Yeah, like, it, maybe if there had been something etched on the back of it, like Yonkers, or that you could read. So, does it feel like often in Superhero League of Hoboken, your exploration is kind of aimless? I, I, I've, like I mentioned, my problem is that there's too much possibility to explore. Once you get tread over water, you can go anywhere on the map. You know that once you get a new set of missions, that nowhere is safe. You have to recheck everything just to make sure you haven't missed something. They add stuff. And sometimes you aren't always given the hints you need. So yeah, that's interesting. They really only have the three, well, the four major ways of keeping you out of a place. The water, the forests, the mountains, and the battles. And I guess the two passes, that would be five. How did the forest keep you out again? You need the Orienteer's book to get through trees. Oh. I think there's one spot they block you off, at least. Yeah, okay. I actually got the Orienteer book before I ever realized that that was a place I couldn't ever reach, so I, I never encountered that. Uh, restriction. So they got, they've got tools there for restricting you, but they all open up by midway through chapter four, right? Uh, about there, yeah. Yeah, about there. And then they've got three more chapters worth of missions. Mm-hmm. Guess if I was to interject, um, I did actually read the newspaper from chapter five, was it? Yeah. I think it was, yeah, I think it was chapter five. It doesn't say anything about Atlantic City, so, even just reading the newspaper that they have in that box there doesn't help. And going to the temple where people think they're seeing Elvis, they don't say anything there either. So, um, I guess you're just uh, supposed to assume the Atlantic City is sleazy and they'll have that kind of stuff you need. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Let's Adrian, just say it's not for a lack of trying. Give me a time where you slapped yourself on the forehead because you did miss a clue. Because I did miss a clue? I don't think that... I know that um when I was doing the last chapter, um Oh yeah, you cut the tree. That's what it was. I'm like, how do I cut the tree? I think I need to wait a minute, I have the beaver's things and then uh then I remember to oh yeah, cut the tree with the beaver thing and then you can go to Niagara Falls. Because I actually went did this roundabout thing where I try to get as many people with tread water <laughs> to go to the Niagara Falls and obviously oh. that's not what you're supposed to do. No. I even did the thing where it's like Maybe I use cause root rot, but of course you can't use it because it's not, you can't use those powers on a thing that would make sense. So <laughs> that, that was another instance of that. It's like, wouldn't it be cool if you could actually, if your powers actually did the thing it said it did? Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, that's probably the only one where I knew I was something that way longer than I had any reason to be. I think I, I actually have to edit that because, um, I think I was, I literally sat there for like, 20 minutes before I remembered, oh, shit, I had beavers. I'm Beaver Jaws power, yeah, that you buy from the pawnbroker. I missed out on that because I didn't realize it would be a key item, and it was it was like a 1000 bucks. and by that point in the game, I was really low on cash. It also uh, does not spawn at first. It only spawns when you're in the right chapter. <laughs> but uh, it was only at that point that I was skeptical of the game enough to recheck my areas. Yeah. So, it sounds like Superhero League of Hoboken leaves a lot open for exploration and does not leave any notes on narrowing your focus. 
So it's it's easy to feel helpless and just feel like uh, you've tried everything. Yeah, finding a needle in the haystack. I'll I'll give them kudos in that, at least for an adventure game, it didn't try to kill us that often. (laughs) (laughs) Just random battles. Oh, God. So it didn't do much better by making things really difficult. Yeah. I don't want to even know about those adventure games. Speaking of random battles, uh, I actually lost to a random battle near the on the last chapter when they start throwing 20 enemies at you in every damn encounter. Or they start throwing six of enemies that the only way to deal damage is through brute rot. So you can uh, imagine that was my frustration after not having saved that an hour of gameplay Ooh. went to shit. Because the game doesn't save whenever you like complete things or do things of significance. So you uh, kind of no. have to manually do it yourself, so yeah. The save system, I'm not a fan of it. It's too much like save scumming, and it's it's actually something about PC games in general that I don't like when it's like you have to manually save yourself all the time because they're never going to do it for you, even for something as obvious as like beating a boss. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Fox, does that bug you at all? Not really. I, I I mean, I like being able to save anywhere. Uh, auto saves are also, I mean, they're, they're nice. They're also regular... Somewhat modern, I guess, putting it in context of Hoboken. Yeah. Save scumming is something that's really hard to tackle as like an, an anti-pattern the user uses. But I, I didn't feel like Hoboken's save system was near the top of its problems for me. Yeah, yeah it's not it's definitely not the top of its problems, but um, doesn't help something. at all. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help. What I liked yeah. doing was, you know, I would save at two pass transitions. Or whenever I finished a mission. And so if I just died along the way, then I would try to fight the next battle smarter. I guess it could be a little clearer about, like, recommendations for when to save, but it's not too hard to set your own standards there. After you put in the exploration, it's time to follow through with a hard-earned solution. You can't just walk in with a collection of facts and declare victory over the puzzle, though. It takes brain power to connect the dots, like there's intellectual connective tissue that you have to form between one fact and another. But then, some puzzles require hardly any connections, like you just plug a fact in to solve a problem. Got a cheese bomb? Use the cheese-eating microbes. Or, maybe what's more problematic is when facts are so far apart that they can't be connected. Why is that the shaman that opens up your N2O case? Do you think there's anything else that could be said about the gating and exploration in Hoboken? Gating and exploration, well, we know the problem is that it opens up, it opens up way too much and there's not enough to steer you in a direction to, you know, keep you from having to turn over every stone to find the thing you're looking for. Or, I guess, a less kind way is uh, from wasting your time. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have been more receptive to them changing things uh, as, as you get new mission sets if they had changed more things so that you kind of got the idea in your head sooner. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I remember the very first mission is kind of a rude, uh, dumping you into the deep end of the pool kind of thing. So maybe if they had been more ginger about when they introduced concepts like that, I would have actually understood what they were trying to go for. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because um, Lord knows when I first played the game, um, I spent a lot of time uh, wondering what the heck was I supposed to do for the the first mission, the, the Limburger bomb. Wondering what I'm supposed to do, and then I basically give up, and then over a course of however long it took me to explore, find the thing that allowed me to beat the mission. That's another thing, is that a lot of these... I have a lot of near-miss situations that sometimes... that It's weird, because it's like, oh, you'd think I'd be grateful that um I avoided a, a catastrophe where I find something ahead of time. It's like, wow, that was really easy to miss. Like, uh, I know I found the Master 2 Pass in the hostelry. Why the hostelry, not the pawnbroker shop? I don't know, because every other 2 Pass has been the pawnbroker shop. So when I found it, when I revisited the Harrisburg area, uh, you know, checking every stone, Lord knows I go, oh, thank God, that could have been really bad had yeah. I not found that thing. Yes. Because the thing is, I've already been to that area, and I think I've been to that hostelry before, or actually, no, I think I haven't. And Or if I have, then I just didn't see it, because even then, it's, it's not that easy to see. You're so used to looking at these same things that you can't pick out when, or you just stop reading the, the bottom anymore because it doesn't tell you anything important. Right. It's a so copy when it, and paste. Yeah, so when it does tell you something important, where it does have something important, the other one is that with the horse thing, where it's like, oh, there's this one town where it's like it has a placard you can take. It's like, what the fuck? When I read that, I'm like, what? I didn't even notice that because so many of these towns look the same that I'm like, wow. And you read the text and it's like, oh, now the text mentions something important, but I'm so used to it saying things not important and, you know, things being so copy-paste that now it actually has something relevant. Also, what? That's another solution I do not understand. What in the hell did that placard have to do with horses running away and getting miscarriages? Oh, it advertises a glue factory. I don't get it. Do you know how glue is made? <laughs> no. Well, you might have some uh, education to do. What is horse made of? I mean, what is glue's made from horses, but really? No, horses oh. are made from glue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know that, and I don't know why it expects me to know that, but why is something made of horses going to terrify the horses? Like, what is the glue made of? Horses. So it would be like if you uh, put a KFC sign right outside of a chicken coop. Okay, I guess. Um, That's uh, Moretzky's humor. Oh yeah, the the tiger, it didn't work on that mission. That was another thing. Although I'll give them props that they actually accounted for it. Yeah, that was rare that you did a wrong thing and they gave you a clue for a later mission. That yeah. um, you had to eat, that the tiger would eat rats. Yeah, so when I went to the, the League of Flushing or whatever it was, I knew instantly, okay, use the thing. Yeah. It didn't help because I still had to look it up any anyways, but oh. um it was a way to tell me like okay this is this isn't the right way to go. It also told you more about the tiger and like the right way to use it. Yeah, that that was nice. Um there's something else I remembered. I think it was with, oh yeah, I think it was something in Yonkers. Like there was a safe or something. Yeah, you need to use the aluminum-eating microbes on the safe at the ballpark. Yeah. One is that I forgot I even had the damn things, because they've been so stuck at the <laughs> bottom of my inventory. Yeah. I was using them on every single puzzle which which was an, Which was another a recurring thing I noticed, is them giving you items and then waiting way later for you to use them again, going, I hope you remembered. 
Uh, by the way, there's absolutely no use for the oil-eating microbes. I noticed that, too. Useless. The banana? Useless. The mouse carcass? Useless. There's a lot of useless <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, dead bodies. Useless. Okay, go figure. Red herrings. <laughs> yeah, red herrings. That's what it is. That's not necessarily a bad thing in a game that's about challenging your ability to analyze and observe. Well, they're actually, they're actually, they actually kind of have a purpose, uh, like a side purpose, so they aren't integral to the story, but you can use, you might just touch on them to get stuff. Huh. But they're just mufflers though, right? Uh, they, they come in like a tier, so the first they're like a muffler and then they're a different thing, and then they, they become armor and weapons and stuff. Oh, what? Yeah. Armor and we- oh god. <laughs> Well, still, there's no way you would have known that you you could get rid of it until you yeah. beat the game. Def- yeah. Do you know if they prevent you from doing that to quest crucial items? I didn't try. Okay. That's something to go back and try. Oh, yeah, there was there was another thing I remember. I think it was a metal rod that it was in a place that was weird. I oh, remember. yeah, you just stumble upon that in Philadelphia. Yeah, what the <laughs> what was What was up with that? I kind of yeah. like that, though. I I think that worked out well, where um, you go into the vault, and uh, it takes some reasoning to realize that the metal rod fits in that little hole there. Yeah. That one actually came pretty quick to me. Because it also comes with a right. printout that says, oh, here are all the people we have in the vault. I, I think I got the printout, like, that was one of the last things I got before I actually got it. I, I guess the changes to a more positive note. Uh, what were the puzzles that you guys did like? Or the exploration things that you did like? I want to know those. I kind of like getting, like, rock-shaped things for the, the bouncer. What was it? Oh, you the collector. The yeah, the collector of particular things. I kind of like that. Oh, yeah, that was, um, chapter two, was it? Yes. Like, oh, I have one rock-shaped thing in my pocket. I only have room for three more. Yeah. It was kind of like, uh, the entropy mission for the first chapter where they tell you what you need but it's not the same name as the item so the collector tells you you need oval shaped things so the entire time you're looking for oh here's an egg that's an oval shaped thing yeah and all of them you know you get after you complete the other missions yeah that in particular i wasn't fond of because that's like that just makes me regurgitate the analysis i had already performed in a previous chapter Although it's an effective way of keeping me out of entropy, I guess. You know, if you need some way to do it. Well, that's funny because I actually had to go to entropy in order to use the aluminum eating microbes on the safe that had... the shit, what's in the safe again? (laughs) I forget. Oh, it had something for Dick Clark. Yeah, it had something for Dick Clark. Yeah, the 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 ball that drops. Oh, yeah, the ball. You know, that's a good point, that they uh, force you to encounter Entropy to complete a mission that then you can face Entropy later. Yeah, that's weird. Because hmm. the pattern before that was um, usually something gets in the way. Or in the in the, actually the same case there, you need all these distors of different colors in order to complete the mission and then do a little bit extra. Now, see, there's an, an, a moment of backtracking that is, like, super explicit and is not frustrating in the slightest. Yeah, because um, the vault, I found that way before... I actually think I explored all of the New York area long before I finished Chapter 3, or Chapter 5, or Chapter 4. I don't remember, but 
the point is that I explored most all most of that area before I even do the mission that needed it. So, yeah, that was when it was clear for me uh, where to go. Of course, if it wasn't for me sometimes forgetting where things exactly were, so I had to regain my bearings for where things were again. And there was one more I, I, I liked a little bit because it was reactive. It was getting the Pappy outfit for the dying guy so he could impersonate his father. What did you like about that in particular? I, I like that when you when you when you're in the room and you change into the outfit, it says you change into the outfit, but the guy in the corner doesn't recognize, doesn't doesn't notice. <laughs> it's it's rare to see this game being reactive to you, but that was something I remembered. So Greg, I liked the Princeton puzzle where you have to overhear their plan, but that they tell you explicitly where to go, so I don't know if I've really. You know, I don't think it's very useful to look at that under the lens of exploration. That's more um, puzzle solving, where you have to pick up clues on how to use the um, the dishwasher in that one location where you can hear them whisper. Did you um, figure out that you needed to push wait twice? Yeah, the only time in the game you need the wait button. You can use it in the Wheel of Fortune mission. Yes. Oh, really? And you actually just uh, picked my favorite one. Uh, it was the Wheel of Fortune one. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that one because um, you already have the things that you need. So by that point, you already have the wire cutters. And it was one of those things where I was able to just be there for a while, but I was able eventually able to get it. And that one I really liked. The other one that I liked was um, the first Warlord, where you have to take off his toupee. Because that by that point, you also already I think you should already have the magnet. And the bust? Right. You get the and, magnet from um, the first temple mission in the first chapter. Yeah, and the I don't remember where you get the bust. From Is his, it, uh, you get it from his room. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you take off the bust from his shelf and put a, and replace it with a magnet. That's right. And I like that one, too. It was one of those that, that you have, you know, everything before you, and you just got to figure it out. And it was also another one of those where the puzzle was an event plays out. And you have to do the things at the right time. And all, both of them also have to have the, the wait command. So that, you like those because those were times where your preemptive exploration paid off into a satisfying sequence of events. Preemptive exploration, it's, actually it's that, um, I didn't have to do that much preemptive exploration because in both of those cases, you typically have the things before you get them, like the wire cutters. I know you get them in the chapter before chapter three. I think it's chapter two. I'd have to look look it up again. You can get the wire cutters in chapter one. Yeah, right. But it wasn't like um, the wire cutters just spawn in at chapter three, and then you had to do exploration after getting the mission. It was that because you had already cleared out every area you could, you came into the mission prepared. Rather than screwed over. Yeah, actually, the the wire cutters in the pawnbroker shop. But yeah, the the point is, um, it, it was it was more of a puzzle in the game, and the fact that um, there was a sequence of events that you had to do that you could you could pick up clues on like and sort of learn things as you go along, and then figure out the the right things to do. Uh, made those the most satisfying for me, as opposed to say um. One of the later missions in the game, like in Chapter 5, where it's like, oh, the guy has one of the hostelries, his maps are all messy, and it's like, oh, 
Get the girl with the map superpower. Bang, done. I actually, it's like you already know the answer before you've even gotten there. So it's just getting there. And sometimes they'll say like, oh, it's in the Philadelphia area, or they won't. Like in the earlier chapters, they actually tell you use the whatever pass or use the helicopter to get in the area. But then in the later ones, they just say Middle Harrisburg, and I'm like, where the hell is that? They stop okay, me. Though I, yeah. I like that. That sounds like they were trying to gradually open up exploration, so that they were more explicit about where you need to go at first, and then gradually leave vaguer and vaguer clues, so that you have to sort of reason out where to go. Yeah. But, but it anyways, can also leave you screwed if you don't know where <laughs> Middleton Harrisburg is. Yeah. So I know I had to go hopping on those subways a while before I had to before I could remember where things were. Like, you go to the blue, and then you go to yellow, and then you go to silver, then you go to red, and you go to gold, and that's how you get to uh, the last area in the game with Niagara Falls. Anyways, remembering my point, yeah, the hostelry one, that was, wasn't was much of a puzzle, so that's why the, those two in particular I'm very fond of. The Wheel of Fortune in the Temple, and the Warlord. Right, the, is that the Keepsie? I don't know. One of the Warlords you have to steal to pay from. <laughs> Yeah, one of them. Other stuff, like, other stuff that's kind of a puzzle, but I'm not so sure about, because it's it's one of those that you kind of are more likely to just find out on accident, was the um the one with the fireplace, where you just have to, like, find a thing in the warlord's... One of the warlord's house that's, like, nowhere near it. Is it the souvenir rack? Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's like an 18-meter circle on the floor, and I'm like... 18-inch. 18 inch, yeah. 18 meters. 18 meters is really big. <laughs> you know, I, I saw the gun and it gives you an option to shoot. So I thought for sure there would be a puzzle. Yeah. Somewhere. What the? What? <laughs> yeah. I thought that too. I guess that's a real Chekhov's. Uh... <laughs> Chekhov's good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that uh, was the intended joke. I wouldn't put it past Moretsky given yeah. his style of humor. So what did you guys think of the the puzzle where you're? Uh, you have alligator shit. <laughs> is that, you have to feed that to the android, or is that something else? Yeah, you have to feed it to the android. Feed it to the android. <laughs> I thought that was very pleasant, and um, really fired up the imagination. I almost thought I would have gone through the game without a poop joke. <laughs> <laughs> you showed me, Moretzky. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, poo on you. Oh, I think I had a better way to explain why I like this puzzle, because, um, I know other things was, like, um, stuff like the Chapter 5 Entropy Mission, where it's just use the termites on the tree, and that's another situation where Cause Root Rot doesn't do anything. That's two trees in the game that you need to do something to, that you can't use the Root Rot power for, but yeah. But that's another thing where it's like, it's kind of like a one-step thing, if anything, there's just more steps to, like, actually do it. Like, open the termite hatchery, get termite eggs, put in hatchery, close hatchery, turn on hatchery, open hatchery again, and there you go. But really, it's it's all, like, it, it's kind of like a one-step process. It's like, tree, termites, boom, done. But with the other two that I mentioned, that wasn't the case. It's not like, oh, magnet, toupee, done. No, you have to actually look around in the room. And the thing is, like, the first time you're probably gonna fail because he's gonna walk out in the room, walk out of the room after he puts on his suit. 
the way it starts is that he first he's sitting on the chair and then he has his toupee beside him and you know he likes his toupee because if you try to grab it he's like he'll snarl at you he's like no so you might think well maybe you got to do something sneaky and like get it when he's not looking or try to distract him in some way and you know your imagination kind of goes with what you can and can't do and then you look to other stuff in the room and then that's when you see the bust and then that's when I, you can sort of piece together that um with the descriptions like when you look at the when you read the description of the toupee it mentions that it's like lined with metal or lead i don't remember what it was or iron i don't know and that's when you can figure out um oh magnet toupee that'll get it without him noticing and then that's how you get to embarrass the warlord and keep him in check and yeah basically there was there was a lot more to it it wasn't you know a one step thing that you figure out, you know, right there. Like with the, the map thing. Messy maps, the power to fix maps. Boom. Yeah, well said. Uh, you know, it does feel like a lot of the puzzles are, are like, just press a button and it gets fixed, in a sense. Yeah. You just need to find the thing that cures what ails it. Yeah. Some I, of them for were... For those puzzles, I always viewed it, at, the puzzle itself, as just like a a payoff for having explored and found the necessary items and cleared out the necessary combats. So that the puzzle itself being trivial, I didn't mind because uh, it was just payoff for everything I had already done. Sure. And, and I'm not saying that they can't have the the tree termite kind of puzzle thing. I'm not saying they can't have those, but um, I am pointing out that um, those are the ones I like the most, and those, I think, are probably the, the deeper puzzles that probably would have been more fit in the end. You kind of do that with the, the banana thing, too. Well, actually, not really, because it's just take the power of ten and then use it three times in a row, and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah, not much of a process there, so, okay, they don't really do it at the end. Those would have been the kind of puzzles that I think would have been fitting at the end. Fox, are you planning any visits to Hoboken anytime soon? I'll have to check the bus schedule, because it sounds like a hot spot. <laughs> uh, Adrian, are you going to check out Hoboken after playing the Superhero League of? I didn't know Hoboken was an actually actual place. Yes, all of the places in this game are actual places. Wow. That's that's part of what makes it so fun. So, Flush, there's, there's an actual place called Flushing? Yes. Hmm? Oh, okay. I'll, I want to go to Flushing. I uh, This past fall, I visited a friend from Scranton, and uh, he was elated when I showed him the photo with the 30,000 pounds of bananas, because that actually <laughs> happened. <laughs> I wonder if all these puzzles actually happened. Well, Dick Clark Wait. did. So, you mean to tell me that, uh, damn it, what's his name, was brought back to life? Dick Clark? Oh, Brian that, Seacrest? That, that, just Brent. There we go. Steinbrenner, Brensteiner. Oh, oh, Stein. Oh, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to watch Seinfeld. You're all fired. <laughs> anyway, uh, Adrian, any final words? To be honest, I'm kind of glad to get Hoboken over with. <laughs> Fox. <laughs> I feel kind of the same way. Uh, yeah. I, I want to pose a final question. Oh. So suppose Moretzky, uh got the Kickstarter bug and wanted to kickstart an HD remake or a sequel to Hoboken. 
how elated would you be? You know, I think it would look absolutely nothing like this game. Yeah. I would say make a... You can make a game, like, with some of the ideas in here, you know, exploring around. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Make it like Fallout 3. <laughs> sure. That's good. That's... I mean, that's a bit, uh, that's a bit large in scale, but, uh... Also, sure. it's a superhero league. It's... I don't think so. I kind of hate both for the same reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you you got stuck in Fallout 3 just, like, not knowing where to go? No, no. Uh, choice, uh, just, like, not having choice in solving things. Oh. Yeah, I don't really care about that. I play Zelda. Go play your adventure games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whole, uh... Well, then again, that's not... Hey, puzzles multiple solutions, I guess. Yeah, it would have been cool if you could use the put animals to sleep powers on the sheep or the the wood rot powers. That would have been you know, cool. Say la vie. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Alligator shit. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Music in this podcast was taken from Superhero League of Hoboken. I'll leave you with this final thought. To what extent is exploration itself a puzzle? We think of exploration as this mindless meandering through a landscape, encountering challenges as they come. Are there knowledge tests we face when we decide whether to go north or south, east or west? If you have any comments or questions, please email vgcommune at gmail.com. Last, uh, a question to derail things. What did you guys make of the combat near the end of the game? Like the battle royale you have by the Empire State? Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, you have, and you have that throughout the Harrisburg. I think that's what it is. The Harrisburg Middleton section, wherever the section where the Niagara Falls is, throughout that section, you often encounter enemies in very large groups. What did you guys make of uh, combat in that final chapter of the game? I thought it was a good example of how I disliked the magic system. (laughs) Because you really can't do much to plants unless you have that one spell. I guess you can focus, but that's not all that interesting. And the battle royale was just kind of boring. That, that, uh, the root, root rod wasn't very, it's pretty rare too, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of it you have to get in that area too. By that point, I, I had the mill marker for most of my characters, so I was, Pretty grateful for that. And a second mill marker for at least uh, red tape, crimson tape. Uh, I made an effort to buy almost every isotope that I came across. And the only one I skipped was the power of confusion. So I have no idea what that does. And it turns out it's not quest relevance and you never are forced to use it. And I don't know if an enemy is even weak to it. But uh, yes, the root rot power is incredibly rare. Uh, I only had two guys with it by the end of the game. I didn't know confusion was an isotope or a thing. Yep. I I found that in the guide, and I never came across it in the game. <laughs> it's in the area where you buy the beaver power. One of them is called, like, silver isotope, and it gives you... Oh, yeah. No, no, it's, like, less silver I, it, it does. It's making fun of it because, you know, Canada, French, so... 
Yeah, as a if you look at it, it's the power of confusion, which one of the characters who comes into the game uh, in the last chapter, I think it's Jester or Joker, I don't know what it is, uh, actually comes with that power. So I, I didn't find it worth going after. And because it was ridiculously overpriced, it was like 2000 something. It was a little scary at the end there where I could see my income uh, disappearing. <laughs> 